This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Energy of Business Moments podcast. I'm Michael Seip. Today on the show, we have Richard Blank, CEO of Costa Rica Call Center. Richard, welcome to the show. Michael, I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you for having me as your guest and can't wait to share some amazing ideas with you and your audience. Great. Well, Going overseas or going to another country can be very challenging when we want to set up our own business. So setting up a business in Costa Rica probably has been pretty entertaining and had some ups and downs. So tell us a little bit about your business and why you got started there. Well, I do run a bilingual dedicated call center here near shore in Central America, Costa Rica. When I was 27 years old, Michael, I had a one in a million opportunity to come and work at my friend's call center for just two months to teach English. Well, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. And I decided to learn the business from the inside and out, not at sea level, but with the proletariat. So for four years, I broke bread, sat in cubicles, and learned the ups and downs and the good and the bad of the business. And what it did was it shed some clarity in regards to extending dignity to the agents so they don't feel expendable. And now that I'm a business owner, I'm able to shower them with empathy. So they feel very comfortable, self-reliant, self-confidence, might not want to quit. Now, yes, when you, when you move to another country, I was a Spanish communication major in the United States. So, you know, becoming bilingual made it easier for me. But let's be realistic. I needed to hire specialists here. I was not an expert in the labor laws. A attorney can really assist you. Same with an accountant. And so I had to expand and delegate in order for me to grow and focus on what I do best, which is onboarding and training and oversight. And so just by doing that and letting go a little bit of certain comfort zones and allowing others to grow within my company, it's enabled me to last almost 15 years and to grow to the sort of size that I did. And so it can be done. Just slow and steady and do your due diligence and don't overextend yourself, especially financially. And if you can do all that stuff, Michael, the odds may be in your favor. Yeah, those odds can be definitely in your favor because of those points you touched on. One of the things that comes to mind there right off the bat was by you becoming aware of in the trenches, so to speak, of being in the call center yourself and sharing lunch and things like that with the employees, uh, that that gave you a sense for what that life was like. And then then you're able to not only um, remember that, but then be empathetic as a leader in being able to create a culture where I understand what you're going through. I understand the work environment. I understand the deliverables we have. I understand the kind of service that we're providing. And maybe those internal challenges that businesses deal with are handled much easier because you understand where they're coming from. And that's a a key nugget there that you shared that I think is very valuable to understand the employee workforce and the challenges that they go through because sometimes we don't see that when we're in those higher level positions. Of course. But, you know, once again, 
not everybody's made to be a telemarketer. They have the desire to do it. But look at it like this. Since English is their second language, Michael, it bears the mark of higher education also to getting an ROI on their investment. And so there's a little bit of a different stimulation than you would in just the United States where people can see call center jobs as transitional or maybe looked down upon. In fact, in Costa Rica, if you're very good on the phone, you can earn more than most vocations. I have people with law degrees and engineering degrees here. But as long as I don't compromise your ethics and values, if I can instill the art of speech, because today most people are doing things via chat and email, if I can expand on their vocabulary, their grammar, and their delivery, there's no reason why these young men and women can't be highly marketable and their earnings potential could be through the roof. Now, any job's a grind, and most people might get burned out or frustrated. But as I say, there is a lot of sort of self-improvement here that people can do that can be used outside of the office. So in essence, I kind of see this more as a luxury trade because you may be earning a living making and receiving phone calls. But if you've expanded on your English and your diplomacy, once again, you're going to be earning a lot more money and potentially, like myself, running your own call center one day. Yeah, the ripple effect of oh, yeah. being able to do that uh, and create that environment and the learning environment that people take outside of work is uh, very noteworthy. Not many businesses are set up like that where there's a ripple effect into the community. Yes, obviously, there's a dollars and cents piece. Quite quite often, you know, go out and buy at the local supermarket or buy at the restaurant, and, and so you pump money into the economy that way. But these are sort of the intangible benefits that you get from the company of being able to be a dipl diplomat within your community where you live and, and share some of those skill sets you've learned and obviously get fairly well paid for it because you're in a very niche market that needs it. It's true. But Michael, my good friend, I'm a guest in this country. And so my main goal was to see how many families I could feed. I can earn a dollar anywhere, but I found this stimulating. There's fidelity there. I loved mm -hmm. it. And I didn't want to stop it. And so if I could have that sort of luxury trade, if I can enjoy what I do for a living and get that sort of positive reinforcement where I know I've enhanced individuals' lives in a certain way where, you know, as a CEO, you have leverage. I could hire, fire, make or break somebody. But the fact that I know your name, I play pinball with you at my gamification call center. I take the time to walk downstairs and tell your mother how amazing Michael is when she comes and picks you up at the end of the day. Those are the sort of things that really, that's why I do this. This is the stuff that just reinforces my vision and my destiny of when I was back in Philadelphia, I decided to be a you know, language major. I didn't study law or medicine. I doubled down on humanities, and I realized mm -hmm. that if I could speak a second language, it may open doors for me, or even better yet, just show my pure essence, where there's a way that I'd be able to expand on my first impression and show the sort of dedication that I did in order to learn another language and keep that sort of open-minded. It's made it much more easier for me here, Michael, to acclimate myself in this new culture. That sort of, I'll say, footprint you're leaving is is based off of a pure motive and sure. the ability to try and provide something good and of value and clearly that's something that motivates you but yes. as any business owner will tell you there are challenges and there are ups and downs and so you've been set up here for quite a quite a bit how about you share with our listeners 
an example of maybe a low moment you had and how you shifted out of that? Sure. I can, I can name a few. I just don't want to seem like a one trick pony. I, um, I always realize that being financially responsible is important. I don't like to take out mortgages or loans or overextend myself. I, I do have a serious responsibility here to not only give job stability, but to pay the taxes, the salaries, and keep my business afloat. That's number one. Also, there are setbacks in business, you know, COVID, or you may lose a large client, but if you save acorns, you can survive the winter. I also know that in business, there may be a natural attrition. Call centers, yes, there are rotations here, and usually it's natural, not forced. I do compete against Amazon and other larger call centers that have different sort of incentives and flexibility when it comes to scheduling and location, and maybe your best friend or boyfriend or girlfriend works there. And so I don't take that personal. What I do know is that I did the best that I could when that individual's with me. The only thing that disappoints me is that I don't get a two weeks notice or at least an exit interview. Sometimes people just peace out on me and leave. And so I would like at least that sort of courtesy so I could extend that to my client and explain why this individual left and maybe prepare myself so I can have a prevention instead of a cure because we may be missing that seed. But, you know, when it comes to business, I was slow and steady. I first started renting a turnkey station at a blended center. And after a couple of years, I had enough capital and to be able to build out a 150 center with the server room. And then just about four years ago, we built out this 300 seat capacity, three floor center that I'm currently in. And, and so it's more of the tortoise. It's not the hare. Grandma said, if you can't pay for it in cash, you just don't do it. And so it might not be as glamorous as some people want. And I didn't really start off with all the bells and whistles. But in essence, I was able to survive any sort of setbacks and be able to sleep at night. Because the last thing you want to do is to panic that if you happen to lose an account, you can't pay for your lights. And so those are the sort of things I try to avoid at all costs. Great, great lessons there, Richard. We, we hear that successful companies quite often, you know, have to take a risk or a gamble every now and then. But so often, younger, more novice uh, entrepreneurs will maybe overextend a bit, and then they find themselves during a crisis of way overextended and even having to shut the business down because they, they were extended too much. So I think where I'm hearing some, some great wisdom is the idea of, yeah, there are going to be these down moments, but from a financial perspective and from a maybe a leveraging perspective or from a human capital side, like getting too far out there is, is just not wise because you do know that those, those challenging moments will come. And so you've been able to adapt to all those things that have come at you because of that measured, deliberate um, outreach of growth in a way that you know is sustainable. So great, great insight. And it's very simple. One of the easiest things I did when I was ramping up, there's nothing wrong with purchasing secondhand furniture and secondhand electronics. I'm not telling you to buy secondhand underwear, <laughs> you know, but, you know, there are certain things that can be used, it, you know, if it has a minor scratch or still in the wrappings just came out of the store. And so for me, we were looking at the top computers, but I just didn't want to pay the import taxes and the top prices on it. And so there are smaller call centers that we're leaving 
and we're selling their inventory. And so and if I showed up in my suit, you know, they'd be charging another 20%. So I had local representatives going there for me and, and doing those sort of negotiations. But I had to play it smart. It, it, it wasn't um, feasible to pay top dollar for something when I really didn't have to. And so I took it upon myself once again to get some of the best used furniture and equipment in the beginning, especially server room equipment that allowed me to scale quickly. Now I've replaced a lot of that stuff through the years, but if I had to start off once again, there is nothing wrong with getting a used car to drive to work instead of a brand new car with payments. Oh, so true. So true. You know, it, it comes down to that, that PL and what kind of expenses do we have and do, you know, there are opportunities to get that second hand or get a cheaper, not cheap, uh, a discounted rate on something that that still is a value but gets us going and we can expand elsewhere and take that money and deploy it for other capital reasons yeah good insight thanks well in the terms of of how we run our business sometimes we get some real highs and you've already highlighted a few of those uh, already and the kind of culture you've created in your business but how about you share a specific moment or or period in your business that was a sort of a a high for for you as a leader so many why do you make me choose one it's like a dessert tray let let me at least mix in my favorite activities i i created a gamification culture Michael, as you can see, I have a 1961 Ricola Regis behind me. I, I collect and restore jukeboxes, pinball machines, and retro arcade machines. Now, I have a free play arcade, and a lot of these agents, the machines I have are older than they are. I have a neutral environment for individuals to let off steam, recharge batteries, hang out with their boss, make best friends. It, it reduces attrition. So instead of being on your phone, looking at Instagram or outside, having a cigarette, you're making a best friend. And these are the sort of things that was very important for me of breaking bread, knowing someone's name and especially play, because that's where the best relationships are built. And so, Michael, instead of bringing you in my office and grilling you for 10 minutes, why don't we go downstairs, play some Pac-Man? We can talk about the call that you have. And what it really does is it really gives them a good second wind and releases so much stress. And plus it's cool. Most offices don't have a game room. They got some boring TV or or something that people can play on their own home uh, consoles like an Xbox or a PlayStation. I wanted to give individuals a unique gaming experience and that's why I'm, I'm highly encouraging them to practice their pinball skills with me because, you know, as Elton John said in Pinball Wizard, I mean, you could really feel the machine and it is an experience and plus gives the jefe some cool points and so i've created a certain culture here and and prior to even their first day of training they'll spend the first half an hour in the game room to meet the other agents that they'll be working with so it reduces their stress so instead of just absorbing now they're contributing and it's just very easy to start strong and to build a momentum before you get into the grind And as long as I can reduce any sort of fear, put things into perspective, enhance their skills and give them all the resources, there's no reason why I can't create an army of exceptionally intelligent and capable telemarketers. Yeah, no doubt you have. And like you said, when you come to that buffet, there's so many 
things to choose from, but it, you, you kind of captured the essence of that buffet in the sense of you have an environment where people come in and, and they create get a relaxed environment and they're not coming in stressed as much. They do have responsibilities outside the office. And so you and I have to take that in consideration because it may be affecting their work performance. I I don't need to pry, but if there is some way that you and I can recharge their batteries. So when Mm -hmm. they do leave the office, they're able to confront any sort of challenges that they have, which once again affects their work performance. We're doing the right thing ethically if that makes any sort of sense. It makes complete sense. And it's not to say that one doesn't have stressors in one's life. And like you said, those outside influences or responsibilities can be very heavy. So any effort that you've made to create a lighter environment obviously helps with worker productivity and helps with keeping them retained. And so I can totally understand why you would create that environment uh, and want to create that environment just to the nature of who you are. So great, great. It can be challenging. I have to follow the labor laws. I try to wiggle as much as I can, but if something is done, I, I, I need to follow it. But as I say before, I like to use sometimes Philadelphia guilt. I'll pull you aside and say, hey, Michael, you know, you're being out of character today. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're not smiling. And you know you're better than that. Come on, last Thursday, you put up 14. Today, you're at three. What's going on? And, and so maybe if I can call the balls and the strikes and I could be forthright with somebody, that's actually showing more respect than just trying to dance around it or pretend like it doesn't exist. Maybe I'm the first boss that ever called him out or did what I had to do to readjust themselves so they become balanced again and can find their focus. That's what real bosses do. I just don't give you a script and leave you. I have to ensure as my squire that eventually, Michael, I can get you up there to be a knight. Great. Wonderful. I I love that insight. Well, Richard, I uh, have been very interested in how you have set up your business and how you've been acting as a leader and providing that environment. But I'm also very curious about if you could meet anybody to have a chat with them, deceased or living, who would that be and why? Once again, you're making me choose the toughie toughies, but I will give you my answer. It would be the the late Helen Keller, the genius communicator, the, the master of mediums, what to ask there's nothing to ask it's more of an experience to absorb to observe this individual with such energy such desire and bridging from their world into our world with just the best intentions if you look at the photographs of the late helen keller she was with eisenhower and with kennedy with uh, mark twain and charles chaplin thomas edison she was the rock star of her day And what could she offer besides love and friendship? She was not of royalty. There were no jewels. There was no gold. And so these individuals, I think, were very humbled when they were with her. Because once again, you're looking at an individual that has grown so much and inspired so. And in fact, there is a um, Helen Keller Institute here in Costa Rica for blind and deaf children. And so to me, I know that a call center environment is very controlled and structured. 
and you do lose three of your senses here, your taste, touch, and smell. The scientists say that those senses should be expanded. So I expect individuals to show extreme active listening, but then people will claim that you can't see on the phone. I beg to differ. There's metaphysics. You can once again, use image streaming, expand on your descriptions and adjectives and use your imagination. And by doing so, you can still see on these phone calls. And so I was almost using the example of Helen Keller of having her certain senses removed and expanding on others with all due respect, of course, but it's showing that you can become a super human by using these expanded senses. And, and once you see it, you can't unsee it and it does become habit. So when you are speaking with people, you may be able to pick up on more phonetic microexpression reading or certain sort of tell signs that you might have not seen before when you're face to face where there's congruence, where audio matches the visual. And so in just a long way, my friend, I would love to sit back and spend an afternoon with the master communicator and see whatever I could learn from her. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I have not had anybody bring that one up before in our call. Oh, never will. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't. But boy, in your space, your trade space, obviously communication is so vital and so important. But the what I hear is sort of the elite in communication of the message that Helen Keller either picked up or was putting out. And the ability to do so took some tremendous experience to get to that point and the talent to do so. So it makes complete sense and that you would select somebody like her and out of all the many others that we could choose from, that makes a really definitive statement about why communication is so important and how to listen for those other signals, those intangibles that give us a bigger picture of what's really going on. And that is so true for leaders today is how they have to listen more than just what we're hearing in words. They need to calm down and put their egos aside and realize it's like a Chuck E. Cheese philosophy. If no one shows up at your birthday party, you have no friends. You can play big balls all you want. People can still quit or they cannot be loyal to your organization. And so for me, I know there's a lot of options out there uh, on both sides, on running a company and and working for a company. And so I I guess for me, I'm very gracious. This was a one in a million shot that should have never happened. And so every day for me makes me uh, almost aware of my reality and the sort of choices that I made throughout the different decades and the years of my life that brought me to this today. I, I have no regrets. I do miss seeing my family as much, and there's certain luxuries at home that might make it easier for you. But to be honest with you, Michael, there's nothing better than leaving a castle, slaying a dragon, and saving that princess because everyone wanted that adventure. And fortunately for me, maybe I was being a little selfish, but it was more important to live my own life than to live a life of somebody else. And I I had a vision quest. I had a spiritual calling, not to sound philosophical, but I do believe everybody should live an incredible life. And I was given certain opportunities and I, I knew that it might disappoint others or maybe they didn't understand where I was going, more of like a naysayer or a gray believer, but I, I stood tall and firm. 
And I realized I'd rather die with my boots on than look in the mirror and not respect myself. And fortunately for me, my man, it worked. <laughs> so I have a good story to tell, but I could have always come home with my tail between my legs, but I still would have respected myself. And Mike, I think that's the most important thing. If I were going to share anything with anybody today is that fortune favors the brave. You need vigor. You got to be strong. You got to believe in yourself. As long as you're financially responsible and responsible for your family, there's no reason why you can't take a chance and try to drink life every now and again. Phenomenal insight. I, I love the metaphysics you brought in there. I love how you talked about vision and the ability to stand tall and, and take a little bit of a chance, maybe even a little more outside our comfort zone than we might normally, because we do have gifts. We're all given these opportunities. And so to take advantage of those and grow and uh, provide more to the world and sort of give back is a message I'm hearing and one of your values that stands out loud and clear. Thanks for sharing that. It's my pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Loud and clear, of course. I'll scream it to anybody that wants to hear it. Good. Good. Well, that's what, you know, this energy of business, you bring an energy, that's for sure. It's your unique signature and that's great to have it. So Richard, you've shared a lot with us today, but I, if people wanted to get a hold of you for the call center or just wanted to talk to you some more, how can they do so? Michael, they can buy a first class plane ticket and come down and visit me in Costa Rica or give me a call, 888 Email CEO at Costa Rica's call center.com. And I have a very large Facebook fan page, close to 100,000 local Costa Rican Ticos. And, and when this goes live, you're going to have thousands of new fans. And it will also give your audience a real pulse on the business process outsourcing industry in Central America. Now, we're north of Panama, south of Nicaragua, the only democratic society in Central America. So there's no standing army. 95% literacy rate. Companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, Oracle are here. We have a neutral accent. We're amazing for ecotourism and medical tourism. And there's a lot of expats that have retired down here. And so it's a beautiful place. We're known for poor vida, which means pure life. And people come here to lose themselves and find themselves. And the moment I walked off the plane in August of 2000, I realized I shed a skin and I wasn't going home because I was home <laughs> and I made this my, my life. But um, I can't thank you enough, Mike. I really enjoyed being on your show. You do great work. It inspired me to reach out to you. And uh, when you come visit Costa Rica one day, we're going to have a great time. That sounds like a really fun time for sure. Uh, you have expertly and succinctly talked about the advantages of being in Costa Rica uh, not only for your business, but also for anybody else thinking about coming down there and the reasons why they want to be a part of that. So thank you, Richard, for being on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure was mine, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.